Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to my radio show, The Patricia Raskin Show and Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. My guest today is Paula Marshall. She's the author and the CEO of the Bama Company since 1984, and her vision stands as a beacon for team members, inspiring the organization to stand for people, helping people be successful, and that's exactly what she does. Under her leadership, Bama has expanded to provide a worldwide variety of frozen desserts and baked goods to fast food chains around the world. And today we're talking about we're talking about how we can keep giving back in our work and in our life and how this mission of people helping people be successful has been really a watchword for the company of Bama and how Paula's helping many other people to adapt this as well. Welcome, Paula. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Good. All right. Um, one of the first things I would like to talk about is really the whole mission of Bama and, and, and how, how you feel particularly the mission is being followed, really people helping people. Well, I will tell you, um, we do a lot of surveys. We do a lot of uh, small group meetings with our team members, and we feel a lot of positive energy coming from our benefits, the, uh, the caring center, the Bama Caring Center, uh, the Bama Aid Program, all the tuition reimbursement, the insurance benefits, the access to free medical care at our Bama Clinic. I mean, all of those things are what we provide for our team members to, to show them that we're here to help them succeed in every aspect. So there's doctors, there's lawyers, there's counselors, there's people that they can have access to for free. And you can imagine when you have to make an appointment with a doctor and spend thousands of dollars to go, you know, really for no, for no reason, we provide a lot of those things for free for our team members. So it's about action steps for the most part, Patricia, what you go through to put the money where the mouth is. It's not necessarily just about what you pay people. For the most part, it's about treat them. Hey, yeah, yeah, so important. And it's it's amazing because you reach, I mean, really millions of people, right, in, in terms of the pies that you make and the fast food desserts that you make. And you have over a 1,000 people who work for Bama, correct? Yes. Yes. Globally, we have about 2,000 team members. Wow. How do you maintain your consistency? And I don't mean just with making the food, but with the principles, you know, when you have that many people, how does that consistency keep moving through the organization? Is that ever a challenge? Yeah, it's always a challenge. It's, it's One of my mentors was a guy named Dr. W. Edward Deming, which you've heard me talk of many times on your program. And one of his obligations of management that he talked about a lot was vigorous training programs. 
And so not only coming in to the organization as a new team member, do you get a two-day orientation and all the values and principles of BAMA, but we did all, we have ongoing uh, mandatory uh, EQ sessions, Covey 7 Habits, time management, mm-hmm. Covey management, uh, developing your own future and your mission statement and how to make goals in life and how to manage your time. And, and I mean, we do an unheralded amount of training. Folks come in, and they have not had a single bit of what I would call parenting. You know, parenting for mm-hmm. teaching things like what you taught your daughter and what I've taught my kids about respecting each other, about dignity, about how to treat one another, you know. Paula? Okay, Paula. We lost you for a minute, but what we were talking about was the sustainability of everyone in your team following the principles since you have so many people. And you were talking about how young people don't always get the parenting, but that this is something that the values of your company help to teach people who work there, correct? Yes. What, what we see a lot today, Patricia, as I was saying before, is when we're hiring uh, these, you know, uh, 18 to 24, 25-year-olds, a lot of them didn't have good home structures. They didn't have good parenting. They, they don't even know how to treat each other re- with respect and dignity. So they might be on social media and they see all these people going back and forth and the use of the F word and the not good language and not good skills, writing skills. And so we teach a lot of that after they come to work for us because we want people to be more holistic, more grounded, and more able to conduct themselves in a in a respectful life uh, there you know it's yeah. no way to learn to talk to each other to blow up get mad use the f word and don't don't communicate it's that's just right. not a good way to live but i think that that's unusual for many companies most companies don't spend that kind of time am i right to really work with people on that level that's what we find uh, a, a lot of uh culture is kind of on the job training. So what they learn from their boss and what they learn from their boss's boss and what they see modeled on an individual basis is how the culture kind of evolves. And we take a more direct approach and we take a more uh, a modeled approach saying, here's how we would like people to be treated. Here's how we want uh, you as a leader to act in in within a certain set of of principles and values, and that's how we we would like it to be at Bama. Now, one of the other things that you talk about is inclusion and diversity. So that means inclusion and diversity for everyone. So within your culture, you you recognize that there are differences, there are similarities within the workplace and also in the food that you make. So talk about diversion. Oh, yes. Yes. There's, there's, I think there's more um, diversity in the workplace today than I've ever seen. Um, most, in fact, most of my young up-and-coming supervisors are of diverse. It used to be they were, you know, everyone was white and most, most of them were male. And... Now, I see so many great, strong females. Um, 
you know, Hispanics, African-Americans, um, you know, Indians, Sri Lankans. I mean, you, you know, you, people from all over the world. And so you've got to develop a common language, a common culture, a common systematic way of, of behaving. Otherwise, everyone brings in what, what was normative in their culture. And sometimes it's not what we want in our culture. Right. right. What are some of the things, Paula, that you feel you've learned or your team members have learned from having diversity? Well, I would say, you know, I look at my son who is, uh, a, you know, a, a manager in one of our facilities now and managing lots of different diverse team members. And in his mind, because he grew up in a multicultural school, he grew up playing basketball, he's got a lot of friends who are African-American, and he doesn't see the color, he doesn't see the differences. It's it's more of a melding together, I think, of people that he sees today versus how I saw the world, which when I first started working in Bama um, back in the, you know, the early 80s, uh, my my dad, you know, was we we hadn't had um, we ha- we still had a lot of segregation in the in the mm-hmm. factories and in the plants uh, from bathrooms. To, I mean, that's in the early 1980s. It was left over and hung over from the 50s and 60s. And my parents never never disrespected anyone, but it was it was cultural that this segregation be be present. And so I think I think that because it hasn't been like that while my son was growing up because everyone was together, I think he just sees the world as more together. Yeah, which is so important. I mean it's um as I said, this is coming of age, right? I mean diversity is everywhere. And this yeah. is something that we need. What what would you say you know, to people, either hiring managers or people um, who own companies about this whole issue of diversity because it's very important now. I mean, we are, we are, we are a melting pot. So what would be your advice about that? Well, I still come from a lot of uh, Fortune 100 companies where I still see no diversity in the senior management. I think we still really have a long, a long way to go from women moving up into boardrooms, into C-suites, into um, those top-level jobs. It's still very, very difficult. Um, to see women in those roles. And what's interesting, because it's interesting to me that over the past 20 years, there were, there were four women running top Fortune you know, say 200 companies. Fortune 200 companies were four women. Today there's eight women. So, I mean, you wouldn't mm. say we're advancing at a huge rate, would you? Mm, no, but, but it, again... In the future, we have to look at this. And the future is now. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, you you tell me why there aren't more women running these Fortune 200 companies, and I will mm-hmm. tell you it's because it's very difficult still to advance for women to advance past a certain level in in a Fortune mm-hmm. 100 and be seen as not you know uh, an archetype of a man. 
uh, or mm. not, you know, uh, someone who's giving up her sexuality or her, who so, she is, person, so to, that to just be in that per- role. Yeah, that brings up a great personal question is how did you do that? How did you keep your femininity, you know, being a woman but not becoming a man, just in terms of, of your leadership style and also keeping the respect? How did yeah. talk a little bit about your own process with that? I had wonderful role models. I had my father who believed that, you know, women in a man wor- a man's world had it very tough. And so he constantly pushed me to be good at what I did and not focus on, well, I'm a woman doing this. And so I, my, in my own family, it was pretty genderless when I start, after I started working. He didn't want me working, but he was okay after I got there. And he treated me just like one of the guys. You know, so if everybody was getting yelled at that day or getting in trouble, I was right there at the table getting in trouble with everyone else. So he didn't you know, put me out of the room because I was his daughter or because I was female. He let me have it as well. But the, but the customers going outside of Bama, still there was a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of sexual overtones. There's a lot of, you know, uh, why the Me Too movement is here is because that's mm-hmm. in, taken a long time to sort of, have someone say the truth of how it works in Hollywood or how it works in the movies or how it works in TV or whatever. It's been like that in in U.S. business and manufacturing for a long time. I, it, you know, and, and it's been being weeded out. It's been getting better and better. But I think we've had a lot of women have had a lot of great men mentors, and I think they wanted to see change, and so they they pushed it and fostered it as as much as they possibly could. But I will say also, women didn't help themselves in that they didn't act with integrity often. They didn't treat each other well. And so, you know, when there was a chance for someone to fall or tumble, the other women were there sort of secretly clapping that this woman was going down because they didn't didn't like her or support her. well, you know, that's happened a lot, too. There's been a lot of woman-on-woman, uh, you know, issues. Do you think that's changing, Paula? Well. I think that's changing. Oh, I like to Do say you? that it is, but I don't know that it is. <laughs> well, we're seeing, more women in po- we're seeing more women in politics and more young women. I mean, we're seeing that now. So yes, true. And, and, you know, that's so that's... True. That's but we don't know how they treat each other in the inner sanctum. So we don't know if they're, you know, if they're building strong relationships with each other or if they're building coalitions with each other to work on, you know, issues that are common among mm-hmm. among all women or are they mm-hmm. still banding and trying to be part of the good old boys network and not venture out of it too far. Right. So, again, we're not sure of that. But, again... You know, you're, in a way, you're one of the role models because you became a CEO young. And there probably weren't, I mean, when you think of when you started as a CEO, how many women CEOs were there as, a, as to where they are now? Like I said, there were four in the Fortune 200. Um, when, I, when I first started um, going outside and getting invited to conferences, I, I was invited to a really cool group of women in the restaurant industry called Women in Food Service. And I met some powerhouse women that were really 
trying to change, trying to make more doors opening, trying to get more women in in from being just managers at restaurants to being, you know, in in the higher level managing positions. And uh, it was a, an uphill battle every year to to continuously try to push the needle, to push more of these big corporations to hire more women, to set up the scorecards, to monitor their performance when they were also giving us a lot of money, you know, uh, mm-hmm. sponsor money. And so it's a very it's a very interesting and very um, hard line to follow, to hold and to follow, especially if you're part of a group of women trying to exact change. The people that you're trying to get change from are the people giving you money that literally keep your organization going. Mm-hmm. And so it's very hard to, yeah. you know, push too, too much. It's like, am I going to push into this, into this company mm-hmm. and, and alienate everyone? who's here trying to maybe help me uh, without becoming too much of a problem, you know. Right. So the best you can do is be an example and just hold that example, it sounds like. Yes. That's, yes. that's the best that's you can one of my, That's one of my best pieces of advice. Okay. We're going to take a very quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about sustainability in BAM Industries. And sustainability is a buzzword that's been thrown around, but at Bama companies, it's more than just lip service. So we'll talk about that with Paul A. Marshall, who's the CEO of Bama Companies, and they make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for McDonald's, Walmart, and many other fast food chains. All right, stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. I'm Patricia Raskin. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests are people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show all right we are back and you are listening to the patricia raskin show Right here, and we've now added Positive Living. So it's the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on Voice America. And we're talking to Paula A. Marshall, who is the, who's an author, and she's the CEO of Bama Company since 1984. It is a family-owned business. It's over 80 years old, and they make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for many fast food chains around the world, including McDonald's. And Paula really walks her talk. I always describe her as the author of her book, because her book describes her. It's called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of business, of big business. One company's ego elimination strategy, and it's really all about the heart of big business. So welcome back, Paula. Thank all you. Right. Yeah, let's talk about sustainability, um, particularly when you, you know, you're making a product that's a food product. So you have to look at the sustainability of all of the different materials you're using to make this product. So... How do you work with that at Bama when you're making um, the fast food products? Well, you have, you know, we we have uh, a, a lot of different uh, suppliers that we work with. We work with some of the largest suppliers, you know, in the world, uh, um, like uh, Cargill, um, you know, some of the, uh, you know, Mondelez, some of the, the very, very big organizations, Mondelez, which used to be Kraft, uh, you know, uh, with, different uh, fruits, uh, you know, the, the um, treetop company, which, you know, makes applesauce, which is on grocery shelf in the world. And so, you know, we work with those people and, it, and we work in partnerships. So it's very important for us that our suppliers be treated well, that we pay them a fair price, but we also work with them and use them to help us grow because, they are the experts, just like we feel we are the experts in mm-hmm. in what we do. They're the experts in what they do. So we all need to work together and and supply this country with great food, with great um, you know fresh fresh food without a lot of processing. Um, and that's something new that's just been happening the last few years. It's it, it's there's more consumers interested in how we process our food these days than ever yes. before in, in the yes. entire world. Yeah, so that's changed. And you use healthier ingredients, correct, in your product? Yes, we, we, are, we are using more 
and different kinds of ingredients than we ever had before as well. So, you know, we are adapting to consumers, changing lifestyles, and we understand where they're going. We do a lot of research around it, and we, we want the feedback from the consumers. It's very important to us that, that consumers know that we are listening and our customers, you know, McDonald's and Pizza Hut and Kentucky Fried Chicken, all those companies are listening, Patricia, to what the consumers want more than ever before. Yeah, well, wow, that's so important. Yeah, and that's good. Oh, yes, I think my, that, that, I think fast food that. has gotten I think fast food has gotten a very bad rap, Paula. You know, people think, oh, it's greasy and it's got a, you know all of these fillers, but that's changing. It's it's definitely changing. I mean, you can see in the in the the largest food menus in the world. I mean, th- this is a very big deal. Sustainability is a big deal these days, and it, it's it's not something that anybody maybe understands to the full extent of what that really means, but it's it's a goal that all of us are pursuing. And in light of the food safety issues that are going on in the world, in light of the fact that you could go to the store and eat salad and get salmonella, I mean, it's just crazy. So mm-hmm. what consumers value is also changing. So, you know, from the standpoint of, I want fresh food. I want it coming from my garden. Now, people are saying, well, you know what? Some level of processing is is okay for me because I know in that processing, while I used to think it was really bad and everything that was going on in there was really bad, now I realize there's a level of food safety that's being applied to mm-hmm. my food, and I realize that it's there for a reason, and not every type of processing is bad. Right, so, and that's explained. That's so important. I want to talk also about the foundation, about Bama Foundation, and where you are with that. Explain what the foundation does. I know when I had talked to you last, you were talking about a possible school overseas. So tell us about the foundation. Yes, well, we actually do have a school in Ghana, Africa, that we have built. We're adding on to it right now. Um, the population of Ghana, and, it, and this is happening through uh, my church that I'm affiliated with that has several ministries going on over in Ghana uh, currently, from bead making to micro lending to, uh, you know, teaching uh, other uh, ministers, building churches. I mean, it's just there's like a lot of, you know, orphanages, taking girls out of poverty, taking girls out of, you know, slavery. I mean, there's just a lot of different things going on like that over there right now. But, but the, you know, the interesting thing is that Africa has, Ghana, Africa has a 99% illiteracy rate. Wow. And it, I is, didn't know that. it is not something that a lot of people know, but it's also, it explains a lot when you start thinking about how the African countries are having a hard time progressing, you know, out of the tribal mentality and out of, out of the, the systems of poverty that exist and that type of thing. Because the, a lot of the tribal mentality was that we are going to um, keep all the power within a certain few people. And it's still like that in some of the villages where I have my, my church, uh, my school set up, 
there are a lot of women there still um, under the thumb of the tribal leader. And and mm-hmm. unless she marries the tribal leader uh, somehow for, you know, um, to get some sort of freedom, to have some sort of economic stability, uh, there's no future. So unless you're a, a girl that the tribal leader wants to be with, you might not have any any um, possible future. So with yeah. us trying to set up this educational system, um, we're saying, look, uh, the key to getting out of poverty, the key to removing yourself from poverty is to get educated and to learn. And, and it's being accepted by the villagers and by the different tribal leaders because they see, they do see the problem that is occurring, that not every child that's born, I mean, there's a child born in Africa every 10 seconds or something. Um, They can't possibly, you know, have that many uh, people of, you know, that can come along and take care of all these young girls. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these girls want to graduate, they want to grow, they want to become doctors and lawyers, and and, and they want to go to school. So we've got a lot of really motivated people that, that want to, you know, want to do good things and want to do great things. So we're, we're very, very blessed with, uh, you know, we've got Exciting. about 300 kids in the school in Ghana um, in the elementary. And so right now we're in the process of building a junior high and a high school. And within the high school, there's going to be a level of vocational training and some trades that, wow. that the girls could learn when they're there. And um, have, that will Have you been there? Have you been there? Yes, I have. Yes. I, I, I like going there. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, when we go there, we don't often get, you know, showers every day. It's, it's very, it's, it's very, uh, it's in the bush for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long have you had this school? Uh, we're going on our fourth year of having the elementary school with over 350 kids. And a lot of these kids walk every day to the school from the bush, from somewhere in the bush. And the word has just spread um, the number of years we've been there to more and more and more and more children have come every single year. So, um, you know, we're, we're very blessed to have we have these kids coming and, and you know, really working hard and doing, you know, doing, you know, the, the work that they need to do to, to, to get where they want to in life. Mm. Now, do you have people from your company that are there? We don't currently, but that is one of the things that we have in our plans, Patricia, and that is we have had a lot of people express an interest and going over and taking a week of summer and taking their kids, you know, and maybe uh, applying for Bama Aid to get enough money to get over there and actually to take their children over and do mission work there. Mm. And it's pretty, wow. pretty darn exciting because they, they see, 
you know, they see the ministry for what it is and they want to help. And so that's very exciting. All right, we're going to take one more break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about business as a force for good and that Bama is a B company, a certified B company, and let's talk about what that is. Again, it's all about people helping people be successful. My guest is Paula A. Marshall, and she's the CEO of the Bama Companies, which makes all of the fast food desserts from McDonald's and many other fast food chains around the world. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer-Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. All right, everyone, we are back. 
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. And today we are talking to Paula Marshall. She is an author, and my favorite book of hers is Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L of Big Business. So it's Finding the Soul, and that's Finding the Heart and Soul of Big Business. And she really walks her talk. She's written several other books. She's the CEO of Bama Company since 1984. The company is over 80 years old now. And the vision stands really for Beacon for Team Members and for their mission, which is people helping people be successful. And as I said, they make the fast food uh, desserts for many of the chains, including McDonald's and Walmart. All right, folks. Um, Paula, tell us about the B. Uh, the B part of your company, B for be good. <laughs> yes, uh, B Corp is a is a certification. Um, it's actually an IRS certification that has been brought brought around by a group of people who wanted to create a certification which was um, verifiable and could be given a certification for. And B Corp stands for um, you know. Basically, be good for the planet. Be good for, uh, you know, use your business as a force for good, not a force for, for negativity and, and just taking things away from the planet, but giving back. And so it's a way of, in, in most companies uh, today, you hear about things called sustainability, and you hear about supply chain, and you hear about, you know, campaigns to, uh, you know, to, in world hunger and all kinds of different things like that. And what the B Corp does is it allows you to, to apply uh, through a federal um, uh, program called the Benefit Corporation. And it is run by a group of individuals that, that are just uh, a volunteer. And they, they do all the marketing and the certification of B Corps. So, for example, uh-huh. one of the largest B Corps in the world is Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. Uh, uh-huh. Unilever is a huge global corporate kinds of products. They are a B Corp. They're the actual largest B Corp ever certified. Um, and then there's a lot of very small small B Corps. Um, there's, there's hotels. There's microbreweries. There's all kinds of companies. There's little fashion companies, jewelry places, um, you know, cosmetics, anything you want to put under a in a plot for a B Corp, you can. And it involves how you treat people, how you treat your community, um, sustainability, environmental, um, how, do you, how do you treat the planet, how do you treat the people, um, how do you treat your customers, are you, uh, you know, do you do profit sharing, um, are you a, an ESOP-owned company share? You know, do you share the wealth with your team members, and and how do you do that? And are they shareholders? Are they partners? And mm-hmm. and, uh, and what kinds of community works do you do, and that type of thing? So it's a very large uh, certification. It's something that we're very proud of that we achieved it in two years, um, and and it's something that that is it's 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 so important to us personally to have the certification and keep it that. Um, you know, we have an ongoing effort internally, uh, training effort that all we do is talk about uh, different B Corp initiatives and how people want to get involved. And, and uh, it's been a, a huge part of, of our company over the last three or four years. Mm. How do you see that growing, Paula, in the next three or four years? What do you, what do you see in the future? 
for continuing your well, certification as okay. a company? It's it's interesting because our team members are driving a lot of the initiatives now. So we're, um, you know, outreach is a big deal. Community outreach is a big deal. We have over 200 people today involved in different kinds of outreach in, in Tulsa. I had nothing to do with starting the teams. We just went out and talked to people about B Corp and what it means of being a good corporate citizen. We, I have the people who sign up to help at the homeless base shelter who once a month go down and buy all the food on their own money and go right to the um, uh, day shelter and serve it. Uh, I've got these wonderful kinds of people that are doing all these wonderful things around the city and around, uh, around Tulsa. And I have, had, I have nothing to do with it. It's them that's doing it. So when I say to you, it's like this thing drives itself, this is really what it is. But the assumption is, that people inherently want to do good. Even if you're working mm-hmm. in a big corporation, you inherently mm-hmm. want to do good. So if the company offers me an opportunity to do volunteerism or to go help someone, um, more, more likely than not, our people are interested in doing that. And mm-hmm. they, they come up with ways to figure out ways to, um, to, to be that involved. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing to watch and look at. That's all I can say. It's, it's, just, it's overwhelming sometimes how, how much they do, how these people work so hard. My teams work so hard. They have so many days off only a, a, a week. And they spend their Saturday playing a tap for humanity for someone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the kind yeah. of stuff they like I can't believe you're doing this, you know. Yeah. But I get involved in it too, so it's not just them, yeah. but it's all of us together that 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 do it for each other. And then when the yeah. when the day off rolls off and you spend your whole day over fixing someone's air conditioning at, at, at an older person's home that didn't have the money to fix it, or helping someone mm. rebuild for building a habitat mm. home, it's like you feel so much better about going back to work on Monday, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it's, I, it, I wish more companies were like this. You know, I mean, you're really, again, it's about the people. I mean, certainly it's yeah. about the product and it's about making the business work, but it's really, you really focus on the people, Paula. We really do. I mean, it's really, really important to, to the future of the company, to the future of the community, um, I, I'm like you, Patricia. I wish more companies thought this way. I wish more companies realized that you can do these things and it doesn't cost a dime. I mean, it's very, very cost effective to have a whole outreach program that, I mean, I can tell you, I don't have the money to support this if it costs a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. These are things that don't, that aren't expensive. Right. And, and you know, it's I about people, allowing people to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's about the kindness. It's about the understanding. It's, it's, the words mean a lot, and we need to know that right now and what's going on in our country more than ever is that words really do have value. And words they can really hurt. Do. Words can heal, right? They can heal. They can hurt. I mean, it, it's, it's important what we say. So, it's exactly right. 
It's yeah. exactly right. It is very important what we say. And that's why we do this continuous training model. That's why it's really important to me that you know we constantly refresh and remember that not everybody knows that this is how you treat another person because maybe in their whole life they never saw it happen, you know, in their yeah. family. Um, and so it's a never-ending quest to make sure that people get that opportunity to see that there's a different way and a better way to treat each other and not always to re- resort to violence or screaming or yelling or going on social media and being mean to someone. It's, you know, that's the last thing you want to do. Absolutely. Closing thoughts. How would you like to leave our listeners with about family companies, about maybe what is your hope for other companies to adopt in terms of people helping people? What would be your, your message for our listeners, Paula? I would, I would hope that, that organizations would look at ways that they could allow people to give back, to be uh, involved in volunteerism and to see how much of an impact that has on each one of us to be better and be better people. And it's not just an altruistic um, belief system that I have. I believe, and I think it's shown many times before in Bama, that when you have the treatment, when people feel good about themselves and they do what they know is right, that a whole huge amount of prosperity is opened up and people work a lot harder and it's a lot easier to um, to get them to follow you when you want to go somewhere because they have the faith that, that you know what you're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much really for, for really being with us today. Uh, this, this program is pre-recorded and we hope that people will listen because you, you talked about a lot of important things today about the foundation, you talked about the B Corp, you also talked about sustainability, and uh, we'll be talking more in the next few months about all of these things. And Paula, how can people find you or learn more about Bama? Um, I, we have a real, really great web page. Uh, we've been working on it a lot. My assistant, Matt, has been working on it a lot. And if you type in Bama.com, uh, it will take you right to the web page. We have a whole new uh you know, uh, design, and uh, we have a video out there that tells something about our company, that tells about our history and and why we are the way we are, and uh, we'll answer a lot of your questions. Great. Thanks so much, Paula, for being on the program. Thank you. All right. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, and write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list so you can see all my great guests and all the things that I'm doing. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.